0: Hello, welcome to the New River Church podcast. We're so pleased to have you join us today. We hope that today's message uplifts and inspires you. If you would like to learn some more about New River Church and what we're all about, just check us out at newriverchurch.org.
1: This morning is uh, Covenant Sunday, as we've uh, been saying, and we do this Sunday, we do this once a year as a church, and um, so what we want to do before we sign the covenants together in a little while is, it's a little bit of a different service, you know, we're going to uh, be singing more later, and we're going to be taking time to sign these together, sign the covenant together, and but to set that up, Pastor Robin and I just want to lay down some groundwork for us, okay? So you might be wondering why why 20, and this is our 26th Covenant Sunday, and we've been doing this since our beginning, and you wonder, well, maybe why? why? Why do we do this as a church? Well, a couple of reasons. Number one is we've believed since early on that membership in a church is something that just needs to be renewed and refreshed. It's too easy to become a member and then just forget why I joined, and so we feel like, well, let's just every year just hit the refresh button. And then the second reason is because we really have always believed that membership needs to be active, that there's no such thing as inactive members. And so, you know, you can't make a, a, a lifetime commitment, yeah, I'll join this church for the next 50 years, um, but you can pray and say, well, Lord, this year, you lead me this year to be a part of that church body and, you know... Like, Zoe, maybe the Lord will move you someplace else next year, right? And that we, we celebrate that. But So we that's why. We want to just refresh our commitment and talk about why it is that God's brought us together. And I'm hoping that by the time Pastor Robin and I are finished, we're going to tag team it here this morning. By the time we're finished, that uh, we'll all have a good understanding and be able to, be able to um, seriously sign our fellowship covenant for 2024. But to get us started, I wanted just simply to read the covenant. And we've had these on bookmarks out in the lobby. We've had them on the website. And this is exactly what we'll be signing to so that there's no secrets and no no uh, fine print, okay? So I just thought, why don't we just take a moment and take this seriously and, and just read through what it is so that nobody's surprised. Um, our covenant is broken down into four sections. And the very first section is the preamble to the covenant, okay? And here's what it says. Because we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, and because we have demonstrated our commitment to Jesus by being baptized as believers, because we're in agreement with the vision of New River Church, we now choose to unite with the New River Church family as members for one year. This means that, hold that thought. So notice there's two things that bring us together as a church. The first one is Jesus, he's the primary. And the second thing that brings us together is a common vision. You catch that, we share the same vision. It's so Jesus comes first, why? Because Jesus is what this is all about. It's why our first basic as a church is to enjoy Jesus. This is not a religion we're a part of. Jesus is the center of who we are, and he's captured our hearts, and we share that together. Um, It's kind of like Pastor Robin shared a few weeks ago when he taught us from Acts chapter 16 about the founding of the church in Philippi, the Philippian church. And you remember the first three members, the founding members of the Philippian church? One was an Asian businesswoman. Another one was a formerly demon-possessed slave girl. And then the third one was a crusty Roman soldier. And what did these three very different people have in common? Jesus, the common denominator. That's what. And the same thing is true for us. You look around at New River Church. The common denominator for us as a church is Jesus. Um, I, I, I hope I added it up right, but I was thinking about that this week. In New River Church, we have about eight different languages that are spoken. We have about 10 different nationalities that are represented. I love that. I'm just gonna call them out. Victor we were, Victor and Eunice, you know, they're about to have a baby here in a, a little while. And he's telling me, here's how we do this in Nigeria. And so I'm like, well, I've never done a Nigerian baby dedication before, but hey, I'm willing to try, right? We have 10, we have 10 different, so we have at least 10 different nationalities represented in our church body. We, we, uh, we come from all different economic classes, educational levels, ages. Some of us are ex-cons. Some of us should be ex-cons and just didn't get caught. <laughs> Some of us are recovered addicts. Some of us are recovering addicts. Some of us are clean-cut church people that have never had those kind of struggles. But all of us have this one thing in common, don't we? We all sing the same tune. Jesus is our Savior. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. It saved a wretch like me. So Jesus is the first thing that brings us together. The second thing that brings us together is our shared mission. Our shared mission is to become so filled with the life of Jesus that we overflow with that life and impact our community with his love. That's the common vision that God has given to us. That's why we're called New River Life overflowing that's the whole point. And then there's these three basic commitments that we make that are part of the covenant, okay? And that make us members of this church. In these three sections, here's the first one. First, we will with God's help continue to grow personally in our love for him by regularly spending time alone with God, praying to and worshiping him, by studying his perfect word, the Bible, by faithfully participating in a life group and celebration services by being equipped to serve by my pastors." And each one of these has scriptures that hopefully you've already looked up. But why is this important? Because the strength of our church as a whole depends upon the strength of us as individuals. I cannot pursue Jesus for you. You have to pursue Jesus. And, and we run this race together. And yes, there are times when we stumble and fall and we have to carry one another, absolutely. But you gotta agree, we're we'll running a lot better if we're all running it, see? So we run this race together. We pursue Jesus as hard as we can. And the second commitment that we make then is to work to keep the unity of the church by resolving conflicts with others face-to-face quickly and biblically, by refusing to speak poorly, about or to listen to gossip about another by praying together with my brothers and sisters for our church, our community, and our world by following the leaders whom God has placed over us. Ephesians chapter four, verse three, it says that we're to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort to keep the unity. So there's good news there. You and I don't create unity, we keep it. Jesus gives it to us. Remember, Jesus is the glue. He brings us together. So he's the foundation. And all you and I are doing is building upon that. See, Christ has already put us together, see? But you obviously know we have an enemy who works to divide us because he knows that if he can drive a wedge between us, he can weaken us. And so as a church, we're vigilant about that. And today we're making a commitment that this year we're gonna do our best to protect and to grow the unity of this church family. The third commitment that we make is to help our church to grow by inviting my unchurched friends to come with me to life group and celebration services, by warmly welcoming those who visit my church, by using the abilities and talents God has given me to minister in my church, by giving back to God a biblical portion of my income to support my church, by being a good testimony in my community. I just just thought about this by warmly welcoming those who visit my church. You know, I just here's a fun testimony. Just met somebody they've today was their third Sunday coming here to New River. And he told me, he said, you know, we've already been invited to two different people's houses to have dinner. My pastor heart was so happy with that. I was like, way to go, New River Church, you guys. So, right, it's all of us, it's our responsibility to warmly welcome those who visit my church. But you notice the pronoun, my, it's repeated there. In other words, we're each taking the mission of our church as our individual responsibility. It's yours as well as it is mine. You know, you probably know Many people, or at least have heard of them, who have been turned off to Jesus by the bad behavior of Christians, right? You know the stories. We've all got them probably. And here's the deal. I can't make the whole church more like Jesus. Like, it's way too big for that. But I can help to make this church look more like Jesus. Amen. See, and God's called me here, right? Right? And so this is where I, it starts here with me. And so I, I I do my best. You do your best to help to make this church look more like Jesus. That our testimony is solid in the world around us. Now, Pastor Robin's going to come. He's got a word about Christian community, and um, I think you're going to like it. And why why life groups are so important to us. But Pastor Robin, can you give him a big hand? In the first service, he said he would dance for you. He did, because the, the first service, the first they weren't nearly as uh, happy and chipper as you guys are. Like they were kind of right. They were sort of. I'll reduce the fee for you guys.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted, like Pastor Doug said, I wanted to share just a few thoughts uh, in regards to community, and uh, I want to take it from Ephesians chapter two. So I'm going to head over there, because we want to let the we want to let the word dictate how community should be, what community looks like. And so we're going to look at Paul's letter to the Ephesians in chapter 2, 19 to 22. I only got a few minutes. Just going to pull out just a couple of truths and I'll sit down. Ephesians 2, let me read it for us. Ephesians 2, 19. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens Uh, the late Anne Rice, she was a author. She wrote a lot of books. Uh, she passed away now. But um, she was an agnostic, turned to Christ, and um, was following the Lord. And then all of a sudden on social media, she, this is many years ago now, she posted this. She said this. Today, I quit being a Christian. I remain committed to Christ as always, but not to being Christian. Or to being part of Christianity, it's simply impossible for me to belong to this quarrelsome, constantly fighting, hostile, and deservedly infamous group. For 10 years I've tried, and i failed. So then I, cr- I ran across a quote from a Christian musician, Justin McRoberts. Uh, he wrote an open letter to Anne Rice regarding her post. And listen to what he says. He says, I feel you, Anne. I really do. I've had similar thoughts. I need to get, I need to stand at some distance from the label of Christianity. But I take issue with the notion that you must disassociate yourself from Christian people. I mean, sure, we're strange. Belonging to this family can often feel like you've adopted a bunch of crazy uncles and aunts. it's increasingly or incredibly embarrassing at times and frustrating, at least as often. I get it, but Christ hasn't quit on us. Amen. And if you choose to align yourself with him, neither can you. Uh, Ephesians 2, Paul says... uh, the cross has two beams, right? There's a vertical beam where if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, God puts you in a vertical relationship with him. But there's a horizontal beam. He puts you in relationships with each other, right? That's Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, 1 to 10, our vertical relationship with the Lord. Ephesians 2, 11 to 22, our horizontal relationships. And that's where we, we picked out a couple of verses here. God saves us by grace alone, right? But not for us to be alone, right? He puts us in a family called the church. It's a package deal. So just for a few minutes, I always want to pull out these three images. There's several images uh, Paul uses for the church. I'm going to pull out three of them real quick, and then I'll sit down here. Um, Context, Ephesians, the church at Ephesus, they had Jews who came to Christ, and then they had non-Jews called Gentiles come to Christ, and now they're all hanging out together in the same church. But the Jews and Gentiles hated each other before. So now they got to figure out, how, how are we going to do this thing? <laughs> because we've we never hung out before. And how are we going to do this? Because they all came to Christ who saved them. The cross equalized. The cross is a great equalizer, right? Equalizes all of us. We're all the same at the foot of the cross. There are no different ledges for different people right? We're all all the same under the blood of Jesus Christ. So Paul repeats again and again. He's looking at this group, and he keeps using the word one. Verse 14, who has made us both one. Verse 15, that he might create in himself one body through the cross. Verse 16, reconcile us both to God in one body. Christ is the head, he says, and all who believe in him, we're his body. Package deal. Body and, body and head, right? Imagine if you're on a dating app and the person messages you and says, hey, I love your face. I love your head, but not your body. Swipe left, right? <laughs> not interested, not interested. Package deal, right? <laughs> you can't, right? So both groups saved by the same blood worshiping together, what does this mean? Paul addresses this. He says, I'm gonna give you three metaphors. He says, you are fellow citizens with God's people, verse 19. Members of the same household, verse 19 as well. And then he says, you're building blocks of a new temple where God lives. Fellow citizens, members of the same household, building blocks of the same temple. He's redefining us with these images. Fellow citizens means you are now part of a new nation. God is your king in that image. God reshuffles your identity deck, as Tim Keller would say, when you come to Jesus. So when, when Christ comes into your life, everything else where you got your identity from gets demoted. Not destroyed, demoted. So I am an Indian American who happens to, I'm not an Indian American who happens to follow Christ. I'm a Christ follower who happens to be an Indian American. Right, you see where the identity is it's demoted. It's not destroyed. I'm still Indian American, but it's not number one. My number one identity comes from what Jesus Christ has said when he adopted me into his family. Right? So I'm also from New York and Chicago, and I'm a husband and father, etc. All other identities demoted. As from as primary, not destroyed. That's an intense image there. Citizens of the same. Country. Second image is even more intense. You're not just citizens of the same country. You're also members of a new household. He says, "You're part of a family." Right? That's more intense than the king image. God is not just king; he is father. Right? You're not just citizens; you are children. Right? And then third image gets even more intense. If you thought that could that's intense, third image is even more intense. You us together are building blocks of a temple where God lives. God is king. God is father. And now he says, no, more than that, God indwells us as a group. Yeah. So by the way, we don't go to church. Right? The church is not a place. It's not a building. We are the church. It's a people. It's a people. The new covenant, blood-bought people, of God, right? So Paul said Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He didn't give himself up for a place, but for a people. So Christ cannot be a head without a body. He cannot be a king without a kingdom. He cannot be a father without a family. And he cannot be a redeemer without the church. It's the church. Look at the images again. He's not just near us as a king in a country. In the same country. He's not just with us like a father in the same house. He lives inside us. You See see how it grows? More and more intense. That is the deepest intimate relationship you can think of. Connection between citizens of the same country. Important. But that's not the same as connection as members of the same house. Right? But building blocks of the same building that means you and I are cemented together, interdependent, connected to one another. That's a very intense image. I don't know how you can get closer. There's not even a millimeter difference. Like we are that intense. And God's presence dwells within us. So no brick is complete without all the others. if On its own, it's just a brick. We all are interconnected. What does that mean? Though we individually come to Christ, there is a sense that we cannot know Christ fully without each other. Now, C.S. Lewis has a great book called On Friendship. It's called The Four Loves. <clears throat> he talks about his relationship with his two buddies. Now, one guy you may have heard of, his name is J.R. Tolkien. Right? That was his friend. And he had another friend named Charles Williams. So three of them were buddies. Charles passes away. When Charles passes away, Lewis says this. Not only have we lost Charles, I also now lost how Tolkien used to laugh at Charles' jokes. So I thought I would have more of Tolkien to myself, but I lost the part of Tolkien that only Charles could bring out. See, Lewis's point is that a human being is too rich and multifaceted a being to be fully known one-on-one. You think you know a person, but you alone can't bring out all that is in a person. Right? Like, I, you know, we missed Jack. Uh, today was his, today would have been his birthday. Right? But I can hang out. When I hung out with Jack, I saw Jack. But when I hang out with Cindy and Jack, right? aspects of Jack that I wouldn't have seen, right? But Cindy brings that out. So that's what we lose when someone's gone. So that's us as humans, right? We need to see the, truth, the, the person with others. So if it's true with a human being like that, how much more true with the Lord? You really can't know all of Jesus by yourself. That's why we come together in corporate worship, That's why our heart here at New River is for our life groups and our ministry teams. By the way, our life groups are kicking off uh, next week. Um, And so if you want to get more information, I'd love to help you get connected. That's the word, right? Connected uh, together if you need uh, help with that. But but here's here's the thing, right? The biggest part for me. Why do we value community so much? See, when I am near you, and you are here, present, present, and we share Christ together, I get to see a side of Christ I wouldn't have seen otherwise. You bring him out to me, right? And you get to see a side of Christ you couldn't have seen on your own. And you know, and some days when I'm in a fog and I can't see Christ, and I, I'll need you, right? I'll need you. I'll need you to, in corporate worship singing your heart out. And I look over and says and look and see you singing, and maybe that'll rekindle my affections for Christ again, right? Um, I'll, I'll need you when, when you give me a hug in the lobby or you share your struggles in your walk with me and we share our struggles together in a life group. You remind me I'm not alone in my struggles. Or I watch you joyfully share, serve at food share and I get my mind off myself. I need you. I need you because the Spirit of God has cemented us together in a local church and uses us to get each other back to the Son of God. Right? And after a while we start to realize that new river was actually not a church that we chose but it's a people God has chosen for us that we needed right <clears throat> and loved ones one day we will be presented as his bride without spot the bible says or wrinkle spot meaning anything from the outside is not going to contaminate us. Wrinkle means anything from the inside is not going to contaminate us anymore. No spots, no wrinkles. We will look more lovely than we look right now, but we will not be more loved than we are right now. And that's why I love the church, and I'm so thankful for all of our crazy uncles and aunts here. Amen.
1: Amen. Pastor Doug's going to close this. <laughs> Speaking of crazy uncles, <laughs> here's Pastor Doug. <laughs> Thanks. Exactly. <laughs> Boy, Robin. <Robert. laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how I follow that. All right. <laughs> I like that, that the church, how did you word that again? That the church, that God chose you, He didn't choose. We didn't choose a church, but God chose the church for us. Yeah, that's, that was a, that's a good, well put. Why, why has God put us together? I just have one more scripture verse for us to look at, and then we're gonna get to our assignment. So why has God put us together? I, I happen to believe that we are stronger than we, together, than we are alone. Um, I, I love the quote that uh, Rick Warren says in his book, The Purpose Driven Life. He says that Christians are like snowflakes. By ourselves, we're not that impressive. But if we stick together, we can stop traffic. <laughs> Isn't that a great line? It's the truth. By myself, not that impressive. But when I'm together with you all, it's something to behold. And um, so we're stronger together when we're called, when we're together. First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 gives us our identity. It says, but you are a chosen people Isn't that something? I love. I love that. How this is what I was, and this is what I am. Yeah, I was on the outside. Now I'm on the inside. I was, you know, not a people. We, I was just a me doing my thing, and now I'm part of the people of God. I I, I was living under judgment. I didn't know mercy. But now I have mercy. I'm, I live under the mercy, right? So there's this change that, that happens. And Peter gives us our identity, doesn't he? He says that we are the people of God. That's who we are. So who, who are you, New River Church? Go ahead. The people of God. That, that we need to begin to own that, you know, claim that. Like this is who we are, the people of of God. And Peter gives us a couple of other names for that. He goes, you're a chosen people. You're chosen people, meaning you are significant, meaning God looked down in his wisdom and he says, I want you and I want you and I want you and I want you. I've chosen you to be my people. That's amazing. You're valued. You're you're, you're appreciated. You're wanted. You're chosen by God himself. And he says, you're a royal priesthood. Do you remember a couple of years ago, we studied Leviticus. We learned a priest is someone who is a bridge between God and people and people and God. And so as a royal priesthood, we are a bridge between God and people and people and God. That we're the bridge for this generation that we're living in right now to bring lost people and the God who loves them together. A royal priesthood. That's us. You are a holy nation. Holy means set apart. Set apart for a very specific and glorious purpose. You're not common. You're not, there's nothing common about you, people of God. You are set apart. God has designated you. He's put his favor on you. You are a holy nation. Your life has meaning that mere words can't even begin to express. You are a people belonging to God. That's who you are. And as the people who belong to God, he's given us a very unique mission. You notice what our mission is? That you may declare the praises of him declaring God's praises in our generation. That's our mission. Now, that's a lot bigger than singing songs. Uh, The word praises is a little unfortunate there because we tend to just automatically think of it as singing, and it's so much more than that. To declare God's praises means in the way that we live, in the way that we talk, in the way we conduct our lives, in the way we go to school and go to work, that our whole life, our whole life is meant to point the world around us to our merciful God. That, that our message is, if like, like James says in the Bible, mercy has triumphed over judgment. That's the message. That, that we go, you know what? I know what judgment's like. I lived under that for a long time, right? Now I know what mercy's like. And I live under the mercy. Mercy has triumphed over judgment. And so our message to the world is that message. We now live under his mercy, and we get to help others do the same. You know, we declare the praises of him to the generation that God's called us to, this one. You know, um, I, I have been thinking, we have been thinking a lot about Jack. I, I miss him. You know, next, actually this Saturday, we're going to have his memorial service, Saturday morning at 11. But I think about him and how he went home to be with Jesus about 11 days or so ago. And, you know, he was in the hospital like 15 weeks, something crazy like that, a long time. I joked with him. I'm like, Jack, you got to start getting mail here. we got to change your address. You've been here that long. But, you know, uh, the other last week as Pastor Robin and Karis and I, we got to sit with Cindy in, in the room there in the hospital and after he passed. And... Um, got to witness for hours, you know, several hours, people from coming from all over the hospital, doctors, nurses, staff, cleaning people. They came in to pay their last respects to Jack and to express their care for Cindy. And, you know, one person has a stuffed animal that Jack gave her because she just seemed like she was down and he wanted to build her up that day. And Somebody else had something, a flower that Jack gave them, and something, you know, they all had a story about how Jack had impacted them. And it was so cool to see that. That here's Jack, as sick as he was, 15 weeks. They're supposed to care for him, and he's caring for them, right? They saw something different in him and the way he loved them. What did they see? A people belonging to God declaring his praises. That's what they saw. It's not just singing songs. See, they saw you, New River Church, coming in and out to bless, visit with Jack, and they saw your smiles, and they saw your kindness. They saw Jesus in you. What did they see? A people belonging to God, declaring his praise. You know, um, you have no idea how deeply you are impacting the community at Bowers Elementary School with your Lego club and your volunteering at the PTA events and, uh, you know, the things that you give and the way that you help the people at the school there. What do they see? A people belonging to God declaring his praises. Right, you, you, ha- you have no idea how much of a difference you're making each week even as your life group meets and your neighbors are counting all the cars lined up the street outside your home. and They're thinking, what's going on in there? What, what's, what's happening? A people belonging to God declaring his praises. So you have, you have no idea how deeply you're changing where you work or where you go to school or where you get your coffee. Where you shop, like people see a people belonging to God declaring his praises. You get it? That's who you are, New River Church. You're the people of God with a mission to declare his praises and to declare to the world that his mercy has triumphed over judgment, that they can live under mercy as well and be welcomed into this family of God. So why are we signing this covenant? Well, because we believe that God's doing something here. He's doing something special. I happen to believe that with all my heart. I I, I believe that our culture, the world where we live, they're increasingly unhappy with religion, but they want Jesus. And that you and I have the unique opportunity to share Jesus with our culture, with our generation, amen? I think we do. Um, So he's putting us together, and we're in agreement with him, and we're saying, yes, God, I'll work with you. Yeah, God, I'll work with this people. I'll work with these weird uncles and aunts. I like that quote. Yep. Yes, God, I'll work with them. I want to be a part of this people of God declaring your praises in our generation, in this place. I'll be a part of that. So that's what we're doing today. Thanks for listening. That wraps up today's Word.
0: We are grateful you joined in, and if you would like to hear more or learn more about us, feel free to check things
1: out over at newriverchurch.org.